Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Welcome to Mindful Matters. This is the podcast where we discuss the big issues faced by contemporary Muslims in today's society. My name is Taslim Ahmed Fateh, and today we've got a very exciting episode for you. So today we're going to dive deep into the world of addiction. Now we don't want to have a conversation that revolves around the stigma of addiction because I think there's enough talk about that. We want to have a very deep analytical dive into the world of addiction and get into the nitty gritty of it. We are not going to tell you how to live your life and we are not going to tell you that drug usage in the one instance alone is able to ruin your life and you're going to jump off a building because I think the scare tactics don't work. So, well, get ready for a very deep, non-judgmental analysis into the world of addiction. Now, with that introduction, I want to introduce our guest for today. <coughs> today we have with us Bilal Qudan. Bilal is a client service manager overlooking a large government contract and manages a staff north of, I think, 500 people, which is very impressive. He's also studied criminology and sociology at the Western Sydney University. And I believe, Bilal, you grew up in Campbelltown, which is, I guess it makes you a solid authority on what the cultural norm is in Sydney. Yep. So with that, I welcome you, Bilal. Welcome to Mindful Matters Podcast. Assalamu alaikum, Taslim. How are you? Wa alaikum assalam. I'm good. That's good. That's good. Okay, so we're going to dive deep into addiction today. Yep. But before we do that, I guess we need to define what addiction is. Well, researching a couple of definitions, I found the perfect fit for it. Addiction is a brain disorder characterized by compulsive engagement in rewarding stimuli despite adverse consequences. Okay, yeah, so the... the, the the, the key point I want our audience to note here is um, that a lot of people cannot really differentiate the difference between really liking something and being addicted to something. So with that definition, what do you think is the difference between really liking something and actually being addicted to something? Well, the main point to take out from that definition is adverse consequences. Okay, yeah, I guess that that's a good start because, you know, you can be addicted to working out and it might not have adverse consequences might Correct. actually kind of be healthy for you yeah uh, and you can be addicted to chocolate which can obviously you know have a lot of adverse consequences so now now that we have a bit of a ballpark definition of what addiction is let's get into you know because before this podcast we were having a conversation and we went we made a bit of a list about what kinds of addictions people can get into yeah there are a lot of addictions that people don't even know that they might have. So can you give us a bit of a, you know, overview of the two major types of addictions that we looked at? Well, there's substances addiction. Yeah. So yeah. that is your drugs, steroids, smoking, you food related. You can get addicted related. to steroids. Of course. Of <laughs> course. Yeah. You know, the more you want to go to the gym and build muscle, yeah. the, more, the more you want those quick gains. Yeah. Clearly, I'm not addicted to steroids, <laughs> but okay. Yeah. You also have... Food-related addictions, like yeah. chocolate, overeating yeah. chocolate, and you also have alcohol. Yeah. Alcohol, as you know, is yeah. alcoholism. So these are big. our big substance addictions that everyone Correct. calls addiction. Yep. There's, a div there's another category as well. Yes, there's behavioral addiction. Mm, okay. So that has your gaming, pornography, gambling, social yeah. media, TV, and yeah. also shopping, funny enough. Yeah, yeah, crazy. I think that's why people coined the term shopaholic. Correct. Because it can turn into an addiction whereby you make yourself feel better. Yep. Um, I think that's the key point we arrived at anyway, that addiction generally has a larger spectrum than what most people realize. Yep. And, you know, there's substances and behavioral addictions that aren't recognized by the public or by medical authorities or the government as well. For example, being addicted to getting plastic surgery. 
So the yeah. environment around you can get you addicted to going again and again to getting, you know, certain procedures done that might not be the best for you. Or, you know, pain medications and, you know, even good activities can have people addicted to them. For example, too much working out where you ignore your family life or too much spirituality. And I remember you were telling me a hadith in regards to that. Do you want to share that? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Well, the Holy Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi he said, I fast, but not every day. I pray at night, but not all night. And I'm, and I'm a married man. He also said, um, whoever wish, whoever does not f- uh, wish to follow my way, he is not from me. He shows basically that excessiveness is bad and that you should be moderate. Mm, okay, okay. That's, that's interesting because uh, we were discussing this before as well, that Islam as a religion gives us moderation as its cornerstone. Correct. Any type of extremism, whether it's in a good thing or a bad thing, can lead to adverse consequences and addiction, which I think a lot of people don't realize that. Yep. Um, another main point that we discussed before was the fact that Recent research has shown that it's not really the substances that get you addicted to, um, uh, like get you into an addictive pattern. Because, for example, in hospitals, you've got old people that go in and get hip replacements, yep. and they're given drugs that are six to seven times more powerful than street crack cocaine and yep. heroin. But they don't get addicted to it. You don't see grandmothers coming out with a hip replacement saying, I need more endones and heroin and stuff. So, I think we had a very productive conversation around that. It's not really the substance that gets you addicted. I think that's what the re- recent research shows. Yep. And that was also proven in the Vietnam War, whereby 80 to 90% of the soldiers were given heroin to deal with the atrocities of war. And when they came back to America, 95% of them just got off, off of drugs without any issues. So I think the taboo adds to this. And, you know, what, what do you say about that? Well... That's correct. It's more like the environment, environment factor that yeah. puts you in. So it's more, it's not the substance, it's what you've created as mm. something sweet. So what is in the environment that can get someone addicted to anything? Well, creating habits okay. with that substance yeah. in a certain environment, being in a certain group, being in a certain, um, staying at home all the time, usually having, yeah. that, having yeah. that pattern there with you yeah, and just establishing that you know, environment every single day. And you mentioned before lack of meaning in someone's life yep. can lead to addictive behaviors because Correct. how are you going to fill up that hole? And that hole is going to cause pain in your life, which then you need to subsidize with some sort of a substance or a behavior that yep. rewards you. Yeah. So now we really we want to look at addiction today. I think we agreed before from five different angles. Can you tell us what those angles are that we're going to be using to look at the problem of addiction, the addiction dilemma? Yep. Well, there is... Uh, philosophical there's psychological yeah. so philosophical is like the philosophy of addiction yeah correct yeah. correct um psychological which is your disorders related to addiction mm-hmm. there's also physiological um which is the processes related to addiction yeah and you there's also spiritual and social effects as well okay okay so we are making sure that we are not looking at the problem of addiction through the lens of good and bad correct that's the, I think that's the key point here in our discussion, which we agreed to, because the view, the angle where, whereby you only look at good and bad deters addicts from joining that conversation because yep. they are instantly labeled as bad. So what we're doing is we're using these five angles and we're going to look at addiction from a different perspective. So 
philo- philosophy of addiction. I know we spoke a lot about it. Yeah. And we've, sp- we've spoken about how the the stigma is built around addiction. I think I think it's mainly due to the Socratic view of viewing addiction. So what that means is people view addiction as something that results out of a unified way of thinking. So I'll, I'll elaborate that. Basically what that means is um at some point you end up saying that the person that's addicted has made that choice thereby you put a moral statement on top of that saying that they're either good or bad or of weak character that is why they're doing that because that is what they want to do. And yeah. then we were looking through it and we realized that latest research has actually shown that the human mind or the human self is not really a unified entity. No, it's not. Yeah, exactly. So there's processes and systems in there that guide your decisions and there is for example your reptilian brain which is way older than your prefrontal cortex so your reptilian reptilian brain is can actually overpower your prefrontal cortex because it is more dominant and it's been there longer that's the part of your brain that actually tells you you need to eat you need to reproduce safety so you know the flight of flight uh, the fight or flight response that's activated by the reptilian part of the brain yeah. and then you have the prefrontal cortex which is whereby you can determine things by logic and reasoning now whatever you feed becomes what dominates correct so i think in that way it's very important to look at the philosophy of addiction yep. because a lot of people miss that part and then they go straight into calling people good or bad and then that just you know isolates the victims well first and you have to understand what's actually causing it yeah yeah you know um like you said if it's not if it's not their choice if it's something else that's taken over them yeah then that's what you got to analyze what's taken over them so i remember you said something exciting about that before yep. um in terms of ancient mythology yep. i think they were on the spot they 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 figured out the the secret to it and then they came up with a line that you mentioned so what was that line you know what does it feel like to be battling with addiction <laughs> it's like a demon inside of you yeah it's yeah. A, you're at war with the demon yeah you're choosing between positive and negative to yeah. say so yeah So you know the ancients actually had it right. Correct. Yeah. Along the line we messed it up a bit but now we're trying to get back to it. Exactly. <laughs> we it ends up that whatever angle we look at it from the picture of you fighting with a demon is the best uh, representation of how one fights with an addiction. Correct. And I think it has deep messages for us. Okay. So moving on from the philosophy, let's get into a bit about the psychology of addiction. Yep. So did you come across a definition how can we narrow it down what do psychologists say addiction is well the oldest definition that we have from a psychologist perspective states that a addict lacks self control the addict um finds it hard to abstain from the addiction mm-hmm. he can he cannot resist the temptation um the addict lo- uh, loses control over his actions it is viewed that that a addict battles with their addiction and wanting absences and gain control over their actions. Yeah. Doesn't that feel like it's just another way of saying fighting with a demon? Of course. Because at the end I say uh, I see how it says, you know, there's a battle going on. Yep. But I think we also agree that this is a very limited definition of addiction. Because again, it it is showing the addict as someone that's a weak person losing a battle. Yeah. Um and it can get a, a lot more complex than that, especially psychologically. It leads to anxiety. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so how, you know, how can you elaborate on that? Well, Reducing anxiety chemically will reduce your ability to ma- uh, manage uh to naturally manage anxiety later on. Mm. Okay, so, so if you take chemicals to reduce your anxiety, then your baseline 
anxiety levels will actually rise. Is that what you're saying? Correct. And you can't deal mm. with that situation with your natural faculties. So that's counterproductive. Correct. Because, yeah, and I, I, I assume that will lead into a cycle which is pretty vicious. Yes. That mm. is it, that and is it. it the same with depression in terms of psych, psych, psychological depression? Well, if you're not dealing with the problem, you're going to get depressed. Mm. Mm. Okay. And I guess, you know, you said earlier, fake happiness will take away your real happiness. That is true. That is yeah, true. So, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so if you get into substances to provide you with happiness or behaviors that that will provide you with fulfillment you will actually lose all real fulfillment it just depends what sort of happiness you're mm. searching for true searching for is a is a is a is a good metaphor for it because that brings us to the next angle that we're going to look at which is exactly the spirituality of addiction yeah uh, from what i understand you know, you've recently grown into a more spiritual person than what you were before. And I guess that goes for all of us as we grow up. Yeah. Um, but maybe you more than others. because. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you observe in terms of spirituality, you know, around... Addiction? Yeah, exactly. Well, it traps you in your natural state. And the mm. reason why it does that is that it sort of, you know, it governs your natural urges. You cannot reach or progress to a spiritual state if you're mm. if you're an addict. So by the natural state, you mean the nafs amara? The nafs amara, that's correct. The nafs that incites to evil. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it governs all your natural urges, how are you going to regulate them? Mm. Yeah, true, true. So I guess if you use something that strengthens your natural responses, then your natural response system will become dominant over your spiritual response system. So, you know, the physiology will basically take over at that point. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so do you? I remember before we were talking about our good friend Mr. X. So yes, we're yes. not going to mention the name <laughs> here because obviously we, we don't want to take names. <laughs> but we we have a, we actually have a good story in our life where we've seen our friend. Let's just call him Mr. X. Mr. X. Yeah, yeah. he used to be a great guy. He used to go to the mosque with us, it and was very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, this guy he had pretty. I remember because we went to his house. He had pretty strict parents. The problem tyrannical, is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, tyrannical is the word because when he spoke about addiction, they wouldn't talk to him about it. When he wanted to bring up the issue of drugs or, you know, pornography, it was certainly labeled as taboo. Well, that's the thing. Everyone's eager to actually understand mm. what, what it, what's wrong with it. Yeah, so, but when you don't teach them, what happened with that, mate? Rebel. Mm. Tell us a bit more about what happened <laughs> with him because it's an interesting <laughs> story. Well, he first he became very distant yeah. at the start. And then I came to know that he was on weed yeah you know went to a wrong crowd stayed with them mm. totally neglected his positive duties that he was doing before mm. going to the mosque um he's doing his charitable mm. deeds so he basically neglected that and he's just stuck in a certain group distant from anyone else trapped does he um, still believe in a god i don't think he does no more he's what i've heard last time was that he actually left his dean Mm. And he's actually moved to atheism. Okay. And you the, can see The reason that. I ask that yeah. is because a lot of people akin addiction to idol worshipping. Yes. Yes. Mm. Yes, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. The reason why, if you're putting all your time and effort in actually getting your addiction, then what are you putting into your actual worship to God? Yeah, exactly. Because what is worship? Correct. Yeah. Worship is when you work towards the highest aim in your life or the things you do towards yep. the highest aim in your life. That is the thing you worship, essentially. Correct. So if all your time is being spent into procuring your... Not just time, money. Yeah, time, money, yeah. attention, then um, 
essentially what you're doing is you're worshiping the addiction that you have and it can't just it doesn't always have to be a substance it can also be a behavior if it's just gaming all the time or internet all the time it could be money great too you can be yeah. addicted to that yeah. and so that could be your god and in uh, speaking spiritually that's pretty much the worst thing you can do that's it shirk yeah exactly yeah now we're not putting we're not giving out fatwas here we just do a drawing parallels you know so that we can get a better understanding around the topic yep. so now it isn't just psy- psychology and spirituality that suffers no the big thing that we need to discuss is the physiology yes. of addiction because what happens is what people don't realize is that this is not just a psychological phenomena there is actually physiology involved in this there's chemicals in your brain that reinforce those behaviors so we spoke about dopamine i remember and how if you use something or even if you have a certain behavior whereby you repeat the same pattern you can end up with a deficiency of dopamine receptors in your brain which obviously then lead you to some sort of a anxiety and also general level of lack of motivation yep. because you're going to not be you're not going to get the same dopamine shot in your brain to do normal things so correct And yeah. I remember X went away from his family as well because he couldn't really get motivated to go see his parents because it's just easier to sit on your couch and have a have you know weed or whatever. He was chasing the dopamine. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. So and, and he wanted to be around those people who also cha- chasing the dopamine as well. Yeah, yeah. And there was a study that I read that one-time MDMA usage can actually drop your baseline serotonin levels which can affect your day-to-day happiness and it actually takes 6 to 8 months to be able to recover from that so basically taking it once will make you less happier over the next few the next course of the next month so, so is it really worth it yeah exactly you know that's what people have to decide so now we've spoken a bit about the physiology we've spoken a bit about the spiritual the, the spirituality the psychology the the philosophy of addiction yep. Let's get on to the sociology since you have actually studied sociology. <laughs> so, and you have, you know, all these ample examples around you uh, probably because <laughs> Campbelltown. But <laughs> okay, so what do you want to say about the sociology of addiction? How does it affect your social life? Because there is another stigma, there's another stereotypical concept around that drug users cannot do anything or drug users just sit on their couch all day or they're just completely wasted, but we've both known some high functioning drug users yep. so can you put some light on the sociology of addiction what does it do to your society well the sociology of it it makes a person for example isolated abandoned society altogether hmm. that's that's for some but your high functioning addicts can still go you know do their career what what not hmm. but are not motivated to be the best that they can be exactly that's the point we came across that you might actually still be able to keep a job but who knows if you weren't an addict to whatever your addiction is you might have progressed at that job a lot quicker than what you did now and it's, uh, it's putting much focus into your career than than your addiction absolutely yeah and your circle yeah so the friends you've seen that have been on certain addictions whatever it is what usually happens to their social circles they leave interest in their family mm. their regular friends who were given them positive guidance they leave them because they want to stay in a group that you know is accepting you mm. know to their addiction and and also is able to you know be in that sort of environment and do that sort of mm. addiction with that person so you go into more risky risky environments and then you end up with you know places where you could possibly get 
abused in certain ways and you know because these situations tend to go from safe to dangerous uh, especially when it comes to substance usage and or gambling in that sense yeah. yeah i don't think it happens with shopping but with shopping <laughs> you're going to end up broke correct yeah which is going to cause a fight with your family so i guess that's just just as bad well ga- <laughs> well gambling even when i used to work as security at a nightclub i used to say at the start i used to think people were there to actually win money yeah you know it gets to a point where you see them putting a lot of money in and you're like what's the point you're throwing it all away than what you're winning yeah exactly yeah you told me about a guy that actually i think he won like 40 bucks and the next time you put in 80 bucks because you just you're all about the chase then you're not even about the reward that's what you want you're not looking for mm. the win yeah. it gets to a point where you're not looking for the win you're looking yeah. for that chase and that's not a value judgment because no. like we said there's physiological reasons why that happened yep dopamine starts governing you and you're stuck in your natural state your nafs amara so it also know, brings us to the positive and negative side of things mm, yeah that's an interesting one yeah because we came across the whole idea we didn't come across this we just obviously this is a very ancient idea but the idea that everything that exists has a certain amount of pleasure and pain attached to it that is correct yeah so for example yep. wheat bix has the pleasure of having 20 30 grams of carbs in it but also the pain of having 15 10 grams of fiber in it yep. and if you keep that balance as close as you can to how it is supposed to be which essentially means natural then you will not going to have to pay the price later yeah because i think we discussed if you isolate the pleasure you get the pain later exactly and if you isolate the pain you get the pleasure later exactly and isolating the pain is sort of like doing a good deed even when you don't feel like doing it or sacrifice sacrifice exactly correct. so addiction will actually take you away from the ability to sacrifice because all you want is that pleasure. Exactly. You get addicted to isolating the pleasure. So for example, people that eat a lot of chocolate only want the sugar. They don't want the fiber. Now nature did not intended to be like that and that causes obesity. It's the same with pornography. With pornography, if you have a pornography addiction, you, all you want is the supposed pleasure of looking at novel women or whatever you're looking at. Yep. And it doesn't actually have the pain of having a whole societal structure around it which is a marriage and a wife and a proper social interaction so you can just go through as much pleasure as you want and what that does is it, it hooks you on and you can't get out of it it's getting that quick hit without working for it exactly yeah so i think we because we don't want to tell you what exactly to do and what's good and what's bad the sort of conclusion that we came around is that the closest you stay towards how the natural balance of things is the further you will be from addiction because naturally the things that are found in our natural environments will not actually get you addicted so now we've discussed a bit about you know how physical conditions have a positive and negative balance in your life and how the equilibrium is something that always balances out throughout the course of one's life how we discussed you know you can go to the gym there's pain involved and then you end up with a decent physique which is the pleasure at the end so it all balances out how does that relate to one's spirituality well it is the same it's pleasure and pain mm. but in spirituality it is more of your states of consciousness yeah so it brings us back to the three states like you were saying correct you have your um stage 1 which is the state that incites to evil which is your nafs al-amara yeah you also have your middle state which yeah. is your self-working state the, yeah. the nafs al-lawana yeah. where you're always trying to fight back 
through your temptations and with your demon. Yeah. And then once you do, you overcome yeah. that sort of temptation, that sort of fight with the demon. Then you get to your last state, which is your nafs al-mutamina, which is your soul at rest. Mm. So I think you can akin that again towards taming the beast within it. It is, it is, yeah. because you've actually fought with the demon and you've overcome that. You've got into a state where now your soul is at rest, that demon is finished, mm. you've tamed it. Yeah, and I guess taming anything would involve a lot of pain at the start. Well, you've got to work hard to get that pleasure and reward later that you would want. You want your soul to be at rest, you've got to work for it, and that's spirituality. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, another advice that I want to give our audience here is that you don't have to go from in a state where you are having an addiction to suddenly going to a state where you're going to find that pleasure of achieving, you know, no addiction. because Well, you, well, you can't. It's progressive overload. Exactly. And there's a state in the middle, the nafs al or the moral state, you can say, where sometimes you will falter and you will have to fall back into those cycles. Well, just imagine you were in that negative state. Mm. You've done all those bad habits. And the next day, you automatically drop all your habits, drop yeah. everything you're going to do. Automatically, you're going to be in the nafs al No. Yeah, I wish, but it doesn't happen. It like doesn't that. happen. Yeah. And you need to work towards that. Or you won't become stronger, you won't progress. Yeah, and for our audience who want to learn more about the three states of the soul, um, and you can look at it from a point of view of addiction as well and spirituality, uh, I highly recommend The Philosophy of Teachings of Islam by Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, the Promised Messiah. Uh, I think that's a very extensive explanation of these three states, gives us a good overview. So in terms of the nafse mutmaina, you end up with the pleasure at the end. Yep. But like we discussed, you have to go through a lot of fighting with the beast or the demon, as you say, or as the myths say, within you. Yep. Do we know how much pain we're going to have to go through? No, but just look forward to the reward. Don't worry about the pain. Look forward to the reward that's going to come after. That's true, because I think that's a very good point, because a lot of people, when they're in that state, they can't really fathom the pleasure that they would land at if they can go through that spiritual exercise. Well, you need that pain because that mm. pain gives you meaning. Yeah. Without that pain, what meaning do you have? Absolutely. You're, I don't not, think you're not working towards anything. Yeah. Okay, so we've, you know, um, mashallah, discussed a lot in, in the course of this podcast. So yeah. I'll just sum it up for our viewers here. There's basically five different aspects that we looked at and we, we went through the philosophical Correct. You know, what people think about addiction. Then we spoke about the psychological, how you can actually land yourself with some psychological ailments because of your addiction. Um, and the physiological responses, so how the chemicals in your body are actually related and reinforcing your addictive behavior. And then you gave us a very good explanation about how the spiritual outcomes um revolve around addiction you know if you have addiction your spirituality is naturally going to be on a declining state yep. and then we spoke about some of the social effects as well and the pain and pleasure attached to addiction so i think we went through a lot there but i want to summarize all of this for our viewers and basically just reach out to them in a in a way where we can explain to them that we understand that these issues are not simple straightforward moral lapses and that you're not addicted to something simply because you once did something wrong and now we can't talk to you again or you can't talk to us or anyone. So because isolate, isolating yourself is one of the biggest reasons why you are addicted. Um, so to that end, I really want to encourage our viewers, if anyone is battling with addiction, we really understand that it can be quite complex and we would really, really appreciate 
if you can reach out to us, which by the way, you can do completely anonymously to our Ask FM platform. So that is Ask FM forward slash mindful matters, where you can drop a question to our experts and they will answer your question empathetically with complete um, anonymity. So you can be, you can get the information without actually telling us who you are. Be not afraid to ask. Exactly. Yeah. That's the key because pe most people are afraid to ask. And again, I would like for you to revisit these consequences of addiction that we've discussed because I remember you said before, the biggest consequence of sin is that it makes you forget its consequences. Yeah. So if you don't look at these issues, you just fall deeper into your addiction and that can lead into a vicious cycle. So I, I would encourage you to reach out to us at askfm forward slash mindful matters. Um, you can do that with complete anonymity. You can also send us an email at ask at mindfulmatters.org.au. Um, obviously, that will not be anonymous. So if you're not comfortable doing that, the other platform is there. Um, and with that, I want to thank you, Bilal. Thank you so much. You really brought that Campbelltown experience <laughs> to us today, you know, with the story of your mate X. <laughs> and I wish you all the best in your spiritual advancement. Jazakallah. Thank, thank you for having me on here. No problems. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, thank you. With that, we will conclude the show. Join us on, uh, in our next episode of Mindful Matters podcast. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum.